Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night. Frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise, all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, we had a listener's suggestion of UFOs. And I love that they left it so vague, like just UFOs. Whatever. Okay. With that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours, so choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say body? That will be a single shot. And every time I say mutilation, that'll be a double shot. All right, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So, don your best shiny spacesuit, get out your sleuthing glass, and let's dive deep into bizarre cases of mysterious human mutilations and strange deaths. Mwahaha. I don't know why, but death just requires a mwahaha. Tell me I'm wrong. All right. One of the most gruesome, sinister, and completely intriguing of phenomena connected to UFOs is that of the dark world of mutilation. By some accounts, for some reason, it seems that whatever is behind these strange lights in the sky also has a liking for targeting various livestock for some impromptu surgery and mutilation. 
often ending up with carcasses that show a variety of strange features, such as almost selectively missing organs, strangely precise cutting, a lack of deterioration, and no rotting stench pervading the area. And most of these are cow mutilations or cattle mutilations. This is all quite horrifying enough on its own, but what happens if it wasn't a cow, horse, or some other beast of burden, but rather a human being? Now, that would be pretty sinister indeed, wouldn't it? Well, there have indeed been such cases where people have been found to vanish under mysterious circumstances, only to appear later showing all the hallmarks of cattle mutilations, sending them into the annals of unexplained mysteries. Perhaps one of the most famous cases of an apparent case of mysterious, inexplicable human mutilation occurred in Brazil in 1988 at the Guarapiringa Reservoir was body of a man that was in a very strange state indeed. Although it was determined that the person had been dead for several days, there was no smell when it should have been redolent with the stench of decay, no noticeable decomposition, and there was no sign that the body had been fed upon by scavengers or even insects. Upon his body were found to be numerous smooth, round holes, and the man's lips, eyes, tongue, and ears had been cut away with expert precision, not torn or ragged in any way. Other tissues and organs had been removed as well, for reasons unknown, and there were other anomalies in addition to all of these. The coroner tasked with examining the body would later say of it, and I quote, Although the victim had been dead for roughly 48 to 72 hours, there was no sign of being eaten by animals or starting to rot as would be expected. There was no smell. Bleeding from the wounds had been minimal. The lips and flesh from the face had been cut away. The eyes, ears, and tongue had been removed. Neat round holes, one to one and a half inches in diameter, had been made on the shoulders, arms, head, stomach, and anus, and tissue and muscle had been extracted. The holes had not been made through which extensive digestive organs had been extracted. The scrotum, but not the penis, had been removed and all pubic hair had disappeared. The rectum had been cored out. Despite these devastating mutilations, there was no sign that the victim had been bound or had struggled in any way. Okay, I'm going to give you a minute just to do the shiver and the, oh, gross. That is some seriously fucked up shit. I'm not going to even lie. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I've seen the picture of this, and I literally had to run to the bathroom because I was like, ooh, ooh. so I'm not going to share the picture. It's gross. Anyways, back to the story. Okay. This mysterious body was photographed, and the picture shown to a Dr. Rubens, who concurred that it was all very odd indeed, 
and seemed inexplicable by normal definitions. It was also pointed out by the associate of Rubens that the mutilations on display with the mysterious body had many of the same hallmarks of the more well-known cattle mutilations, such as a lack of decomposition, organs seemingly selectively removed, precision almost surgical cuts, and anomalous holes bored into the corpse. It appears that the dead man was never identified, and his strange death has from then on had many questions surrounding it. Who or what did this to him? Why was there no decomposition? Why were some organs missing and not others? And why had they been removed so cleanly and precisely? Why had those holes been made in the body? Why hadn't the victim struggled or shown any signs of being detained? What happened to him and who was he? These are questions we will never have the answers for, unfortunately. Perhaps even more bizarre still is the 1956 case of Air Force Sergeant Jonathan Lovett. In March of that year, Lovett and a Major William Cunningham both of the Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico, ventured out into the desolate desert scrub to collect fallen debris from a recent missile test at the White Sands Missile Test Range, and at one point, Lovett went off behind a dune. Just a side note for those of you guys keeping score, I actually grew up near White Sands Missile Range, and I promise you the big thing to do when you're a teenager is to hang out in these dunes. Although after this story... I'm wondering what the hell we were thinking. Just saying it. Anyways, a few moments later, after he disappeared behind a dune, Cunningham reportedly heard Lovett scream out in terror, and he ran to investigate. What he saw next would cause him to scream as well. According to Cunningham, after going over a ridge, he was met with a sight of a large, silvery disc-shaped object hovering around 15 to 20 feet in the air, which had a long, snake-like object trailing from it. To his horror, he saw that this appendage was wrapped around the leg of Lovett, and in the process of pulling him towards the strange craft. At this point, Cunningham would report that he had been somehow inexplicably paralyzed, wanting to take action but unable to move as he watched his friend get pulled and reeled into the object, after which it sped off at breathtaking great speed. As soon as it was out of sight, Cunningham found himself released from whatever had kept him frozen in his place. After radioing, radioing missile control and telling them what had happened, he was told they were indeed picking up a radar signature moving rapidly, but that they were not able to tell what it was. Security forces and soldiers immediately descended upon the area, and a massive search began, which would go on for three days without finding a single trace of the missing man. In the meantime, it was suspected that Lovett had been the victim of foul play and that Cunningham was responsible. His wild story simply a cover, and he was detained. On the third day, to, day of the search, after meticulously scouring 100 square miles of landscape, 
Lovett's body was found around 10 miles from where he had gone missing, and his corpse was in a most horrifying state. Besides being completely drained of every drop of blood, there was no sign of vascular collapse, meaning he had not died of bleeding to death, and was very unusual for someone who had been drained of so much blood. An incision had been made in Lovett's lower jaw, through which his tongue had been removed, a cut which extended from the tip of his chin all the way down to his larynx. His anus and genitalia had been expertly removed, as if from a plug, and his eyes had been taken out smoothly. The body showed no signs of decomposition, despite being estimated to have been lying out there in the desert heat for one or two days, and most oddly of all, there were found to be dead scavengers nearby that had apparently died after trying to feed on the body. None of it made any sense at all. And guess what? It still doesn't. This particular incident has its origins in an allegedly report called Grudge slash Blue Book Report 13, which is mysterious in many ways in and of itself. The manual in question was supposedly analyzed by an information analyst for the U.S. Air Force and former Green Beret by the name of Bill English, and is allegedly dated 1953 to 1963. Upon the cover is apparently written the code AFSN2246-3 and the words Top Secret Need You Know Only Crypto Clearance 14 or Above Required, stamped on it in red ink. Since it's, it is unknown if this document ever really existed or not, and the information given by Bill English is only preserved in his own notes and his memory of what he read, it is unknown if the report is real or whether the Lovett case ever really happened in any sense at all, and so it remains shrouded in mystery. I'm just going to say that, you know what, if I do go home to visit, I'm not going out to White, White Sands Dunes. Just not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, just as creepy is the case of a 56-year-old miner named Zygmunt Adamaski, who vanished without a trace while out shopping for groceries near his home in Tingley, near Wakefield, England, on June the 5th of 1980, at around 3.30 p.m. On June 11th, his dead body turned up atop a 12-foot-high pile of coal at around 3.45 p.m. in the town of Todmorden, around 20 miles away from where he had gone missing. The discovery was odd, since that morning the coal yard reported that there had been that certainly been no body there and no suspicious activity, so it had basically appeared out of nowhere. Adamaski was purportedly wearing a suit, but missing his shirt, watch, and wallet. Yet, other than that, his clothing seemed to be in rather pristine condition, although they seemed to be improperly fastened, as if put on by someone who didn't know what they were doing. Although not as badly mutilated as the other cases, Adamaski's body nevertheless showed some oddities that are pretty hard to explain an autopsy revealed that the cause of death had been a heart attack, but this was not known for sure, and strangely, although he had been missing for five days, he only had one day of beard growth. He had been well-fed and taken care of, 
but what was strange was that there were some weird burn marks on his neck and shoulders that were of an unknown origin, with some unidentified gel or lotion spread across them. There was no evidence that he had sought any sort of medical treatment from the area's hospitals, and the cause of the burns and the composition of the gel could not be determined by forensic scientists. James Turnbull, the coroner who dealt with Zygmunt's death, said of the condition of the body, the question of where he was before he died and what led to his death just couldn't be answered. All of these things posed a variety of questions. First, if he had died of a heart attack, then why had he found himself at the top of that pile of coal? This is even more mysterious considering that there were no signs that anyone had climbed up the pile at all, suggesting that the potty had been placed there from above. Also, since he had been taken care of and had died only recently, then where had he been for nearly a week before his dead body had been found? The case was so strange that it attracted the attention of a UFO researcher, strangely named George Adamaski, who believed that Zygmunt had been in fact been abducted by aliens, possibly accidentally, and this theory was further bolstered by claims made in the following days by police officer Alan Godfrey, who had been the officer who had originally found the body and who claimed to have seen a diamond-shaped UFO in the area six months later. Godfrey claimed that this UFO had abducted him, leaving him in his patrol car with 30 minutes of lost time. There were also alleged cattle mutilations around the region at this time, which were thought to have been perhaps related to Adamaski's disappearance and subsequent death. Considering that the region has been known for quite some time as a UFO hotspot, does this mean that Adamaski was indeed abducted by a UFO? It's hard to say, but the circumstances of his disappearance the condition of his body, and the weird clues surrounding it all have made it an oft-discussed and debated topic. So, what really happened to these people? How can we explain their strange and sinister disappearances and the odd condition of their corpses? Is there a rational explanation to be found here, or are we forced to look to, shall we say, more mysterious explanations? Cases such as these serve as a splinter upon the mind, begging to be removed and put into rational explanation, yet they continue to defy, defy such efforts. So what is really going on here? What is behind such things and these acts? Is it sick individuals, the work of scavengers, or forces from beyond our world and understanding? It's hard to say for sure, and such accounts only serve to deepen the mysteries behind the UFO phenomena and this weird, weird world that we are lucky to live in. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I do thank you for joining me here today, and I hope that you'll take some time and reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about today's episode and topic. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show or you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need someone to talk to, drop me a line because I really do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. 
See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.